amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Why, why don't we just jump right in? I tell you, I've been looking forward to this Sunday uh, since I left you on the last Sunday. So um, God's just really been so good to help us um, in, in pastoring. You know, it's a, it's a different time. Even in pastoring, you know, all the years that we've pastored and the way we've uh, ministered to the church. I mean, many times you've got 30 series just spinning and you're studying on these different things. But today is so different. Times are so uncertain that we need daily bread. And what you preach today might just be for today and wouldn't work maybe so much for next Sunday. Does that make any sense? And so we're in an hour where we're so dependent on the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to say this. We would appreciate your prayers. As pastors, we would appreciate your prayers in that we're leading you in the things of the Spirit. And I, can, I can't tell you the magnitude of that in this time. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the help from God in this hour. Amen. I'm so glad we have Him. In a crazy world, we have God in us and on our side. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Go with me. Um, to two openings. I'm going to catch up to you, but you go over to 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 9. And then once you go over there, open up to James chapter 3, and I'm going to catch up with you. How's that? And we're going to do a little bit of review and kind of get uh, to where we're really going to launch into some new things today. But I'm, I'm still... I'm still uh, directed to go down this direction of standing against deception. Standing against deception. The powers of deception are all around us. They're everywhere. We're exposed to them. Matthew 24, we're not going to go over there, but We've looked at it. Jesus gave his disciples uh, some signs concerning the coming of the Lord. And in that, we see that deception is a big part of what the enemy will be doing during that time, during this time. And we see it. We see communication. Censored? Do you think that is a mistake on the devil's part? No. He knows exactly what he's doing. You know, the one who's deceived is him. I was thinking about this. I thought, he actually believes that in the end, he really believes this. He really believes in the end, somehow he is going to be able to usurp God. What a dummy. You know what I'm saying? What a dummy. But yet that is the spirit that is at work in the world around us today. 
And that's why you see certain things happening. That's why you see truth being censored. It's hard to even get your hands on correct in, in information anymore because they block it. Well, I don't believe that's going on. Then you're not watching. And you're not paying attention. And you're not discerning. You're just seeing things with the natural eyes and you're offended at something. See, the devil's already got so many Christians already offended at truth and offended at those who preach it that they don't see and they don't hear what they should. Let me, let me read to you. Let me just read to you some scriptures so that I can get you caught up to where we're at. Ephesians 6. Let's just put this on the screen. Can I give you a few scriptures? We'll just throw them up there on the screen. Ephesians 6.10. This is our command. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, the devil is at work in the world today. And he is a deceptive spirit. He is a deceptive one. And that's what he does. For we wrestle not against, look at this, flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. We are in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. So you are standing against a real enemy. You are standing against real evil spirits. Well, I don't believe the devil's real. Well, you're already deceived. He is more than just a figment of someone's imagination. He is more than just a representation of evil. He is a real enemy. He is cunning. He is calculating. And he is a deceiver. And this is the work that is happening in the world around us and we are exposed to it, but yet we are protected because we've been given tools to protect us against the deception. Uh, throw up there Revelation 20 and verse 10. Let me, just, let me just look at something here. Revelation 20 and 10. And the devil, notice this, that deceived them. So it's proven here that he is a what? He is a deceiver. Go put it up there, 1 John 4 and verse 3. I'm just going to look at some scriptures and then we're going to lead up to something. This, this verse really reveals to us something that's important for us to know. It says in 1 John 4 in verse 3, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. 
the spirit of Antichrist. There's a difference between the Antichrist and the spirit of Antichrist. Okay? You've got the Antichrist who will rise to reign after the church is taken out of here. See, we are the restraining force. If you read over in Revelation 13, it talks about how he's withheld. Who's withholding him? The church, the one who has authority, the, one who, the ones who are praying. Church, it's time to keep praying. I don't care what it looks like, keep praying. Yeah, well, it looks, I don't care what it looks like. God needs his church to believe for his will to be accomplished. See, we got to get past the natural kind of faith like Thomas. Well, I got to see it all line up before I'll believe the prophets. Jesus said, blessed are those who believe and haven't seen. I don't know about you. I want to be counted as one who believes no matter what it looks like. I want to believe till my dying breath the will of God, the word of God, what God has said. Amen. There is a remnant church that will stand when everybody else folds. I want to be a part of that remnant. I want to be a part of a remnant that's on fire for God and in tune with the Holy Ghost and standing and declaring what God has said about this time, what God has said about this nation, what God has said about the end time harvest, what God has said about my family. If you look in the natural, it looks like everything has gone to hell in a handbasket. But I believe God. I believe God. I believe God has the last word on everything. That's what I believe. Yeah, well, well, let me tell you something. You choose to not believe, that's up to you. Because that's what faith is. It is a choice. It is a choice. And you make a choice today whether you're going to believe God and believe the prophets and believe what has been spoken or you're just going to fold your hands up and say, we give up. We quit. Well, you're of no use to God if you're going to do that. Did that rub somebody the wrong way? What are we here for? What are we here for? To shop, get a new handbag? Is that what we're here for? Or are we here to be the army of the Lord? And to hook up with the plan of God? We got to get a new thinking in here. But it's time to lay aside those things and lay aside those focuses and focus on God and focus what he, on what he needs from us. He needs a church that will stand. Because the spirit of Antichrist is here. Notice what it says. It says, and this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof you have heard that it should come and even now already it is in the world 
The spirit of Antichrist, the spirit is working right now in the world conditioning people against the truth. Conditioning people against God. Why? Because that Antichrist spirit is against God. It is anti-God. It is anti-truth. And it is anti-good. Yet, oh, I want to stand on the chair and say this one. Yet, yet, it appears good. It appears good. I was thinking about this this morning as I was going over my notes. The enemy is called the God of this world. How did he become that? In the garden, he came as a serpent, cunning, deceptive. And he came to Eve and he said, what about this tree over here? Oh, well, you know, God said we're not to eat of that. Oh, but it's good. It's good. See, that spirit is working on you to believe that things are good that in reality, see, we have to understand something. There ain't nobody duping God. The spirit of Antichrist can lie to you. People can manipulate and lie to you to get what they want out of you, to get your money, to get your vote, to get whatever they want out of you. But there is somebody they're not fooling. There is somebody they're not fooling. And that one is God. And see, God knew something. He didn't want them touching that tree. He told them the will of God. And what did the enemy do? The enemy came in and deceived and was able to overthrow them out of the will of God for their life. They were overthrown. How? By deception. And gave up their authority to Satan and he became the God of this world. You don't think deception is something that needs to be talked about? You don't think deception is something that it might step on your toes today but I really don't give a flip if it does. I'm not here to make you happy. I am here to tell you the truth. There is a spirit of antichrist and he is working on you. And you better wise up to it and not stick your head in the sand. He is anti-God. He is anti-truth. He is anti-good. He wants people stepping over into things that will bring destruction. Case in point, homosexuality. I'm in a store the other day. We were getting some pillows. Because you need to put the Christmas pillows away. 
So it's not appropriate now to have snowmen and things like that out on the couch. And I'm standing there looking at the pillows and here's a pillow with rainbows all over it. Love is love. Okay, I know what they're implying. I know what they're implying. And if you look at it at face value, it sounds right. You can't help who you fall in love with. You can't help that. Yeah, but what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about it? The Bible says it's destructive. It's a sin. It's detestable. These are some of the words used to describe the lifestyle and the behavior of homosexuality. Here's a word, defilement. You defile yourself when you yield over to that. Yeah, but they've done studies. We're going to talk a little bit this morning about the wisdom of man. Because there's such a thing. And there's also such a thing called the wisdom of the devil. You follow that, and so many people are. And accepting, promoting. You want me me to give you some real statistics? Let me tell you something. The media lies to you. If you believe CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, you are a fool. You are a fool. You are being foolish. Follow the money and see who owns them. But I'm going to tell you something. You can recognize it by the Spirit. It mocks God. Anti-God, anti-Christ spirit. Mocks the Bible, anti-truth, anti-Christ spirit. I'm, I'm going to read you, t- because we have some young people in here. And I have a son in high school, and I know what they're saying about all this stuff. I'm going to get into this. I'm gonna, you're going to be shouting. For those who want to shout, we'll get there. But can I give you some real information to prove to you that the narrative being fed to this generation and in our ears every time we turn on the news media that they are on purpose premeditating lies to tell us so that they can have what they want out of us. See, the church has to be united in truth. Not divided by a bunch of baloney. Let me me read to you. Uh, This is from the medical journal BMC of Psychiatry. 
They're not for or against any agenda. Just real information. Because, you know, homosexuality is to be celebrated. It is healthy. According to them, there's rainbows and there's happiness and joy. Well, not according to their own studies. You want to know the truth? This is according to the medical journal BMC of Psychiatry. 50% of people in that lifestyle suffer from depression. Or you're 50% greater. I'm sorry. You're 50% greater to suffer from depression, drug, and alcohol abuse if you live that lifestyle. You are 200% greater your chance of committing suicide. Now listen to this one. Homosexuality takes 20 years off the normal person's life, whereas smoking only takes 7 to 10 years off your life. It's healthier to smoke cigarettes than it is to be a homosexual. Say, you're mean about it. I love every single person. And I'm going to tell you something. I have people I love dearly that struggle and have struggled with that. I am not being not compassionate towards people. I'm trying to tell you the truth. We're talking about truth. We're talking about there's a spirit that wants to delude and mislead. And they don't even follow their own statistics. Can I give you just a couple of more? With all the rainbows and joy and happiness in these relationships, according to the U.S. Department of Justice, the U.S. Department of Justice, a government website, is where I found this on. If you're a homosexual and you're a lesbian, you are 44 times greater at risk to be in an abusive relationship than if you were in a heterosexual relationship. That's real healthy. Love is love. Be 44 times you know, greater getting your face bashed in because of the wrong spirit that's being yielded to. See, there's a spirit that motivates expressions emotions I'm just going to say it like it is there was a guy that got delivered from homosexuality one time and he started walking different why because evil spirits have expression the more you yield to it come on now I'm telling you the truth. Now listen to this. Male homosexuals are at 300 times greater risk to be physically abused. 300. Well, love is love. Sounds good to the natural ear. It's the spirit of deception telling you that something is good when really it's destructive. Can I give you one more? 
concerning, we have people of all ages in here, physical relations. People that are married, 80% of people that are married, between 70 and 80% are faithful physically with their partner. In a regular man-woman relationship. Among homosexuals, 43% have physical relations with over 500 people over their lifetime. Don't tell me that's love. That is nasty. That is not healthy. On your physical body, on your mind, on your emotions, on your spirit. Now listen to this. 23% have over 1,000 over their lifetime. It is a lie. It is a lie being perpetrated all around us and it's even in the church. You've got whole denominations condoning this. Promoting this. But yet they'll tell you not to smoke cigarettes. And put down your big gulp soda for God's sake. That is unhealthy. You're worried about my soda and you ignore this. Why? Why? Why will you not tell the truth? Spirit of Antichrist. Praise the Lord. But we have been given the victory over deception even when it filters in our thinking a little bit if we will adhere to the word of God and use the tools that we've been given we will overcome it because look at what 1 John 4 and 4 says so the spirit of Antichrist is here but ye are of God little children oh I'm so thankful I'm not of this world I am of God and have overcome them. What's the them? Those spirits that are working in this world, trying to confuse, trying to blind, trying to mislead, trying to deceive. I overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Is there deception in this world? Yes, there is. And it's dialing it up. But God is our protection against this deception. Now, go over. Are, are you over in 1 Kings? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch up with you. Let me do just a little bit of review. One of the things that we have, these are the tools that we have. Number one is the word. 
the word of God. Be a word person. Be fanatical about the word of God. And this is how you use the word. This is how you use the tool of the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says this, Prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. So we are to measure everything. Everything like what we were just talking about. How does that measure up against the word of God? It doesn't. According to the word, it's destructive. It's not discrimination. I said it is not discrimination. It is not hate speech. That's what it's being labeled. Why? Because they don't want you listening to it. The devil don't want people free. And so you have to measure everything you hear against the word of God. And you can't do that not knowing the word. Quit being Bible illiterate. I am so concerned as a pastor. I look around and we've taught the word for over 20 years and you have people that act like they don't even know what the will of God is. They don't even know what to stand for. It's like, are you kidding? Somebody has to tell you? You should be abiding in the word so that the word can tell you. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. That whole verse is talking about you knowing what the will of God is so that you can go to him in prayer. You got people who don't even know the will of God. Somebody ain't abiding. See, if you don't already know where you should stand concerning homosexuality and churches being forced and strong-armed by the law, then you either marry these people or we're going to sue you. You don't know where to stand on that? You're not abiding. 61 million babies, children murdered from their mother's womb and you don't know where to stand on that? You're not abiding. It's the truth. And I don't care if you don't like it. I do not care anymore. I'm a truth teller. And if you don't want the truth, there are several places that will open the door wide up, open for you so they can take your money, take your tithe, and tell you everything that will make you feel good. We got to abide in the word and let it teach us so that we know where to stand on these things. There are some people, you're either Bible illiterate or you're in rebellion. And if you're rebellious against the word, if I were you, I would fall on my face right now and repent to the Lord and get that straight. Let me read this to you. Ephesians 5. This okay? 
We're fixing to go to, you know, I know y'all want new material. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 26, let me read this to you. This is talking about the bride of Christ. Uh, Joe was here last week and somebody was talking to me about some end time things and they brought this verse to me. And, I mean, this just stood out to me, Ephesians 5, 26, 27. Talking about the bride, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish when people read this verse many times they're focused on you know well you know without spot without wrinkle yeah but what about that first part where you stay under the cleansing washing of the water of the word of God. See, God's coming back for a church that's holding to the word. When I read this, it puts me in mind of um, the things that I studied when I was at Bible school about the, the Old Testament law. If you read the Old Testament law, there was all kinds of things in there. And one of the things that really stood out to me was all the washing. They had to wash their hands all the time, wash their feet. I mean, if they went from one tent to another person's tent, the first thing they had to do was take off their shoes and wash them. Wash their feet, wash their hands. The point of it was this, was the washing off of the earth. Wash the earth off of you. Because everywhere you go, the earth... The world gets on you. Where does it get on you? Right here. You go to work, you get around the unsaved people, you know, you're having conversations, and they say things, and you're thinking, well, you know, that sounds. Come on now. That sounds right. I don't think it is right, but I know that it, I know, you know, it sounds right. But then you get in your Bible. Then you get in your Bible and you see the truth and you're like, ah, I knew that wasn't right. That wasn't bearing witness with my spirit. But there it is right here in black and white on my Bible page. And what does the Word of God do? It washes out the world's way of thinking, man's wisdom, the devilish wisdom that's all around us trying to defile us and defile our way of thinking. But the washing of the water of the word, that's why we got to stay under the word. Not just get there every once in a while. Stay under the word and the word. I mean, have you ever experienced that? You, you just have something lurking in your mind and you even come to church and, and the pastor opens up to a, a, an opening in scripture and you're like, oh my goodness, there's the answer right there. And it, what does it do? It just washes the earth out of you. Does that help you? All right. 1 John 2.20. So we have the word as a tool. The second thing we have, and it's going to work, um, this is going to kind of dovetail with what we're going to be talking about today. The Holy Spirit is a tool. Yes. The discernment yes. 
Remember when we talked about discernment a few weeks ago? The discernment of the Holy Spirit is a tool to protect you against deception. 1 John 2.20, it says, But we have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know, I love that, all things. So you have a knowing. It's not a head knowing. It's a heart knowing. The Holy Spirit lives in you and he is working this in you all of the time every single day with every person you're around with everything that you hear the Holy Spirit is in you to help you to discern other words for that are perceive another way of saying that is it will either bear witness with your heart or it won't bear witness with your heart But the bottom line is this, discernment helps you to know about it, what God knows about it. God wants you to know about it, what he knows about it. And there's no way you could know that except by the Holy Spirit and the working of discernment. Let me just read this verse to you. This is the last verse I'm going to before we get over to Kings. Proverbs 20 and 27. If we could put that on the screen. The spirit of man, notice this, is the candle of the Lord. The spirit, your spirit man is the candle of the Lord. The the complete Jewish Bible says the human spirit is a lamp of Adonai. Meaning that the Holy Spirit will speak to and communicate to your spirit and give you the enlightenment that you need so that you can make decisions with that person, with that situation or whatever it might be. So being that the Holy Spirit is communicating to our spirit, we need to pay attention to our spirit. We need to pay attention to our spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is trying to help you not be misled. All right. Are you over in 1 Kings chapter 3? So we've got the word, we've got discernment, and something else that we have that flows with discernment, they just flow together, is the wisdom of God. So you've got the word. You've got discernment, the discernment of the Holy Spirit, and you've got the wisdom of God. Are y'all still with me? Are you too warm? Take off your jacket. I'd take off mine, but my arms are too fat, so not going to do that. And they need a tan. If you can't lose it, brown it. That's my thought. But the sun's not out like in full force yet. And they got rid of all the tanning beds in California. So, I mean, I'm just white. 
and overweight, so we gotta, you know. And I lose weight, but it's all the taco shops, man, I'm telling you. Jeremy's like, what are we gonna eat today after church? I'm all taco shop, taco shop. Taco shop is keeping me this way, y'all. I mean, it's like. The lockdown did not keep me away from them. Or maybe I would have dropped a few, but praise the Lord. I'm just going to sweat. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So 1 Kings chapter 3, we're going to talk about the wisdom of God and how the wisdom of God helps you to discern. Can we talk about this for just a little bit? So this is the story of Solomon. Oh, I've had some great, 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 great times of study, studying about Solomon. Oh, I want to share some things so bad. But I'm, I'm limited. To, i gotta, I got to stay with this. So Solomon of course, was King David's son. And he took the kingship. His father has died, and now he is going to be the king over the nation of Israel. His father, David, was tremendous. Warrior. I mean, man of war. His, I mean, his men loved him. Because he really led them. He would hear from God and he would lead his men onto the battlefield. And they would have these great victories. And he was such a man of honor. He was such a man of courage. I mean, you think about this. When I was studying for Christmas time and I was studying about Jesus, you know, and anyway, it talks in there about how he will sit on the throne of David. And I thought, wow, the courage of David, God is still honoring that today. That's how God sees courage. He loves it. He loved David. And David was a man after God's own heart. So, you know, here, you know, you've got this amazing leader. And then here comes his son who is nothing like him. He's not a warrior. He's got none of these same attributes as his father. But yet he needed the respect of the people to lead them. So he came to God. Amen. His, his life's really interesting. His life didn't end the way that it started, which is really sad. But this is how he started. And he went to God with such humility. And I mean, I tell you, as I read this for the first time, I mean, I just wept. I thought, Lord, I want to come to you with this kind of heart. Do I really know how much I need <laughs> your wisdom right now? Do we as the church really even know how much we need the wisdom of God? I mean, do we think we've got it all, you know, together and in a bag and, you know, we're just, you know. No. We are in desperate need. Every day, things are changing daily. 
Things are changing all over the world daily. Things are happening in the Middle East daily. I mean, we need the wisdom of God. Now look at his prayer. He came to God and he goes, I need, <laughs> I need you to help me with this or I can't do it. He said, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, look at this, that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this thy so great a people. See, this is what we need today so desperately is good judgment. The ability to discern and to know the difference. Why? So that we don't get clouded in our thinking and get pulled into things that God's not behind. Pulled into things that evil spirits are behind. Because they're working all around us. Look at, look at this. Uh, can we put that slide up there? Look at this in the CEV. It says, make me wise and teach me the difference between right and wrong. Then I will know how to rule your people. If you don't, there is no way I could rule this great nation of yours. I thought, boy, that needs to be our prayer, Lord. If you don't help us, <laughs> there's no way we can make it during this time. If you don't make us wise and give us wisdom. The ERV says, so I ask you to give me the wisdom to rule and judge them well and to help me know the difference between right and wrong. Without such great wisdom, it would be impossible to rule this great nation. So he asked God for a discerning heart so that he would be able to make right judgments about things. And what God did was he caused him to walk in the wisdom of God. He caused him to walk in the wisdom of God. Now you have the same thing. You have the same wisdom. And I'm going to show you how it worked in his life. But before we go there, um, can, we, can we put James 3 up there? Can I just give you a few verses? We've got time. We got time. So let me show you how the wisdom of God helps you to discern. James 3 and 15, this passage talks about two wisdoms. Two wisdoms. One's from God, the other is not. It starts out in verse 15 saying, This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and look at this, devilish. There is a wisdom that comes from the devil. And I'll open your eyes a little bit. And we're exposed to it. How do we know the difference? The Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the wisdom of God. But there is a devilish wisdom. I, I was um, <laughs> listening to somebody. They had their um, identity stolen. 
and they, how they had it stolen, they were just getting gas at the gas station. Anybody ever had that happen to you where you're just getting gas at the gas station and they've got those uh, little things that while you're standing there using your card, they're standing nearby with a thing that takes all your information wirelessly. And this happened to a person. I mean, it just drained thousands and thousands of dollars out of their bank account. And they said, how, Pastor, how do people get that smart? I go, they get supernatural help. It's a devilish wisdom where people are able to deceive you, steal from you. You understand what I mean? Find these loopholes in the system. They're not that smart. I said, they're not that smart. They're yielding to a devilish wisdom that has corrupted them. And it is, I'm telling you, it's working all around. It's working in people in government. You see their faces on TV. You see their faces. You hear their voices on TV. And they look like they're doing all these good things. And then later it comes out all the other stuff that they've been doing. Devilish wisdom to deceive. Praise the Lord. Verse 16, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work, but the wisdom that is from above. See, there's a wisdom that comes from God. Is first pure, peaceable, gentle, Easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. We're coming back to this verse on another Sunday. And we're going to go through these, every single one. Because this is a description of the wisdom of God. You can judge things. Like you just take the first one. Is it pure? Is that pure? Or is it corrupted and defiled by sinful things? I mean, come on. If it's not pure, then it's not the wisdom of God. See, it's real easy if you just use your brain. For those who still have a brain, I mean, I'm just like, sometimes you wonder. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2 and 4. Can I give you some scriptures? We're not going to get through everything today, but we're going to get through enough to where you'll see how the wisdom of God helps you to discern. 1 Corinthians 2 and 4. Paul's saying this. He goes, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. So see, there's a wisdom that comes from man. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, look at this, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. See, this is the day that we're in. You cannot put your faith in the wisdom of men. They may have some good ideas. They may have come up with some good things. But you can't build your life on man's wisdom. You can't put your confidence in man's 
wisdom. Case in point, this vaccine that they've come out with for COVID-19. I think it's wonderful if it works. You know what I'm saying? I think it's awesome if it works. But you can get your shot and walk away from there and make a choice to put your faith in the shot, in the wisdom of men, or you can put your faith in the wisdom of God. See, so you can get your shot and still put your faith in the, wis- or in, the, in the wisdom of God, in the power of God. The people, oh, i got to get my shot. If I, I'm going to get it if I don't get my shot. I'm going to get it if I don't get my shot. Well, then you're putting your faith in the wisdom of men. Because what if they run out of shots? <laughs> what if Hemet gets a million vaccines and you show up and you're number one million and one? In line. What are you going to do then? What are you going to come if they, what if there comes out of COVID-18? You know what I'm saying? A COVID-35. Who knows how many COVIDs exist? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to nothing, But we speak the wisdom of God. Now look at this. In a mystery. You're going to see what this means. Well, I know the Lord. He's mysterious. It's not what it means. It's not what it means. What it means is the wisdom of God is always there. But not everybody sees it. In fact, it goes on to say even the hidden wisdom. See, the reason it's a mystery to some is because it's hidden from them. Here's good news today, but it's not hidden from you. Notice what it says, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. The wisdom of God is hidden For you. For your benefit. Drop down to verse 14. Oh, this is so good. But the natural man, the people of the world, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. So they don't see the things of God. They don't see the wisdom of God. Hang with me. For they are foolishness unto them, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. What does that mean? It means this. It takes the help of the Holy Ghost for you and I to know and understand the wisdom of God. The good news is we've got the Holy Ghost. We have an unction from the Holy One and we know all things. We know the wisdom
wisdom of God in matters because the Holy Spirit helps us to discern it. Man, that blesses me. Don't go over there. Stay right where you're at. I'm going to take you to two scriptures. And then we're going to come back. But look at James 1.5. Just put it up on the screen. This, this is a, another verse just to prove to you that God is not withholding wisdom from you. He said, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. See, all you have to do is go to God just like Solomon did and say, God, I need wisdom flowing in my life in this hour. Oh, the Lord spoke that to me. He said, the spirit of wisdom rests upon this church. I had no idea what he really meant by that until he started taking me this direction. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. That we have the Holy Spirit working in us all of the time to help us to see and know, see and know. Why? Because people are lying to us. I don't want to be duped. I don't want to be misled. But if I'm listening to the wisdom of God, he will reveal to me what I need to know. The wisdom of God will help me to discern. Now, you want to see this in action? Can you put that other slide up there, Todd? The one you had so much trouble getting all that up there on that slide. Y'all remember Solomon asked for discernment and understanding heart, discernment. The wisdom of God so that he'd be able to judge things. Well, here is... I mean, this story is something else. Remember the two women? He's my son. No, he's my son. Let me read this to you, the NASB. Then two women who were prostitutes came to the king, came to Solomon and stood before him. The one woman said, pardon me, my Lord, this woman and I live in the same house and I gave birth to a child while she was in the house. And it happened on the third day after I gave birth that this woman also gave birth to a child and we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, only the two of us in the house. Then this woman's son died in the night because she laid on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from beside me while your servant was asleep and she laid him at her breast and laid her dead son at my breast. When I got up in the morning to nurse my son, behold, he was dead. But when I examined him closely in the morning, behold, he was not my son whom I had born. Then this other woman said, no. For the living one is my son, and the dead one is your son. But the first woman said, No, for the dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. So they spoke before the king. So they're going back and forth before Solomon. Somebody's lying. You got 
one person lying and one woman telling the truth. How are you going to know? How are you going to discern who's telling the truth, who's the truth teller, and who's the liar? I mean, it's not like you've got, like today, you could just take a DNA test and you would be able to know probably by the end of the day. They didn't have that here. But he had something even better. See, he had asked the Lord, give me wisdom. Give me an understanding heart so that I can judge things correctly and lead these people. Verse 23, then the king said, this one says this is my son who's living and your son is the dead one. And the other says, no, for your son is the dead one and my son is the living one. And the king said, get me a sword. Get me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, cut the living child in two and give half to the one and half to the other. But the woman whose child was the living one spoke to the king, for she was deeply stirred over her son. And she said, pardon me, my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other woman was saying, he shall be neither mine or yours, cut him. And the king replied, give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him. She is his mother. And when all of Israel heard about the judgment which the king had handed down, they feared or respected the king because they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. See, the wisdom of God will help you to discern. The good news is you've got this. You've got the wisdom of God in your life to help you to discern. Now, can I wrap this up? In 1 Corinthians 2 and 7, this is my last hurrah before we go to lunch. 1 Corinthians 2, 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they have known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. See, the, the disciples were even dismayed. They had even thrown in the towel, but they didn't see the wisdom of God at work. They didn't see it, that this was what Jesus had come to do. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Hidden things are revealed to you by the Holy Ghost. I tell you, that's a good confession to make. Hidden things are revealed to me by the Holy Spirit today. 
For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God, or the, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know. See, this is why the Holy Ghost was sent to you, so that you would know some things, so that He could be that Spirit of revelation flowing in your life. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Because it takes, it requires the Holy Spirit working in your life to open your understanding to open your heart so that you can understand and know the wisdom of God. Amen. Isn't this awesome? What a privilege. What a gift to know anything. If you know anything in your Bible, it is a gift from God. It is the working of the Holy Spirit that made that known unto you. Oh man, it gets even better. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Why do we have the mind of Christ? Because we have the Holy Ghost. We have the mind of Christ because we have the Holy Ghost and He makes known to you the hidden things. He causes you to know the things that God knows about it. He causes you to see the things that God sees about it because God knows it all he ain't stupid they treat him like he's stupid they talk about him like he's stupid but he sits up in the heavens and he laughs at their schemes he laughs at their little plans to usurp the will of God he knows everything they're doing. He knows everything they're planning. He knows everything the devil's trying to plant against your life. Who the devil sent to take you out of the will of God. And the Holy Spirit has given you understanding. And he gives you discernment so that it keeps you on the right track. And it protects you against deception. I have the mind of Christ because I have the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Man. You've got this. You've got this. The same spirit that helped David, helped Solomon, 
helped Jesus is the same spirit that's helping you. And through him, you have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. That makes me feel a little bit better. I don't know about you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he good to give us all that we need? I mean, in an uncertain time where things just feel weird, we don't have to be moved or afraid or scared. We have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands. Let's thank God for it today. Father, we just praise you today. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for the ministry of discernment that flows in our hearts. And thank you for the wisdom of God. Your wisdom flows. It flows. It's flowing in us. It's flowing in our children. We thank you that that wisdom is helping us in this time. We need it so much. We, we can't do without it <laughs> during this time. We would be so vulnerable. But Lord, I thank you that we are perfectly protected because of these things that you've given to us and prepared us with. I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful church of people. And I thank you that enlightenment is happening daily in our hearts by way of the Holy Spirit about their lives, about their finances, about their health, about their children, the church, the nation, all things, all things, the will of God. I thank you that it's made known unto us by way of the Holy Spirit and through the wisdom of God we discern. We give you praise and we give you thanks for today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.